This is the B-Team Podcast, brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. I'm sure we get away with some holding, too. We just have blue and yellow glasses when we watch the game. And I wouldn't be surprised by the end of his career you start seeing NFL looks. I mean, I, I feel like he's that good. Got him right. Look at us go. We're good at this. It only took us half the season. We've hit our stride, everybody. Yep, you are witnessing your well Greatness. And this is why yes. we're, th- this may be our Jordan game. Now, here's Ben and Brendan. Hey everybody, welcome back to the B-Team Podcast. I'm Brendan here with our co-host Ben, getting ready to recap a fun weekend. That was a great yeah, time. Yeah, it was a blast, man. Uh, we've been waiting all season to get that big quality win, and they got it. You know, they they knew that uh, it was a big, it, it was a huge one for us, especially coming off the loss. Uh, they came out and took care of business, man. Yeah, uh, really nice to see uh, a game play out like we expected it to. I mean, that game went exactly like we thought the Illinois State game was going to go. And coincidentally, it's another team with a good defense and a not-so-great offense. And the Illinois State game was going the same way until we turned the ball over. And instead, this time, we hung on to the ball, put up a couple points, and made the other team press. And we were able to get the ball a bunch and turn them over. Yeah, I mean, we knew that turnovers were going to be the story of the game, but um, we didn't think it was going to be, you know, as lopsided as it was, which is why the the score ended up being as lopsided as it was, too, just because it kind of snowballed on on them like it did it for us against Illinois State. But nice to be on the the right side of that. Um, I mean, I could tell our guys were protecting the ball a lot better. Um, You know, you could tell it was an emphasis in practice this week, which is uh, really good to see them... uh, secure the ball and they did a great job of it um did a great job of uh getting after McIlvain um slippery player one of the most elusive players I've ever seen and they did an awesome job of uh kind of keeping him in the pocket keeping him contained even when they couldn't get him down uh they still kept the pressure on him so yeah no uh the defense did an awesome job uh keeping him staying in their lanes and keeping him inside the pocket uh, and I think it was a great game plan to do that instead of letting him run around. We should have probably brought that up that the biggest thing was keeping him contained. You might have. I don't remember doing it myself. But, um, yeah, you did. He's nodding. He did. He did. <laughs> I didn't do it. That's my bad. So, good on you, Ben. But um, instead of taking advantage of their own line in just getting to the quarterback, instead they made him stay in the pocket, and that kid was so uncomfortable sitting in the pocket because – I mean, he's a short guy, and seeing over the offensive line when you're stuck there and used to run around, he had a heck of a time trying to pull that off. And kudos to the defensive backfield for taking advantage of it when he did have to sling it when he was uncomfortable. No doubt. I mean, you know, there were a couple tipped tipped interceptions, but, you know, we were in the right positions on him. And, you know, I, shout out to Gardner. He played another awesome game Mm -hmm. um there was one play in particular where it was kind of a bubble screen he ran i mean he read it perfectly he ran straight past the blocks and knocked the guy down before you could get going um those are just big plays when you can turn one that could turn into a you know 15 20 yard gain into like a three or four yard loss like that um that's just big gales was playing good um evans was playing good too i believe they were both out there 
there's so many uh, that's the thing is here we we roll in so many guys it's hard to keep track of which ones are playing right uh which is awesome because we're so deep that's huge for not only for this year but years going forward that tells you we're not going to just all of a sudden bomb off you know certain position groups i don't think i remember the defense ever being this deep we'd have some really really strong frontline guys but it would take the the backups would you know take a couple years to come back and now they're just rotating in. We got true freshmen making plays out there that are just phenomenal. And it's a blast to watch. And that sh- you know, this game really shows exactly what you said. We can beat anybody if we don't turn the ball over. And the offense did a great job of taking care of the ball. Uh, kudos to Eck and the offensive line. They did a great job of stepping up when Pierre went down. And X play calling with Heidi, I think, did a phenomenal job of taking advantage of his strengths and making the game easy for him as a true freshman. Uh, you know, hitting bubble screen after bubble screen after swing pass after bubble screen. And pretty soon they were sucked up so far when he did go over the top. It was wide, wide open. And that's outside of, you know, the trick play. And seeing big plays out of Anderson and those guys, uh, that was a lot of fun. Seeing Blakely get in the game. That little guy, he can just bounce around in there. He's a lot of fun to watch around the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just a, that game as a whole from start to finish and including the tailgate was the most fun I've had all year so far at a game. But I wasn't at the NDSU game, so that game, though, was the most fun I've had at a game so far this year, top start to finish. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, you mentioned Heidi – he was 15 of 16, which was awesome. Yeah, I mean, some some of that was a product of the plays they were calling, which again credit to Eck for doing that because it's not that's not to say that he can't throw the ball downfield, but what that does is gives Heidi a lot of confidence going forward. I think he was building his conf- he was doing two things: building his confidence and making sure we didn't turn the ball over, and it it worked perfectly. And Heidi right. executed it very well and you know it, it was a great game plan so i mean i, I think both defensive and os- offensive side of the balls the coaches deserve a lot of credit for that game because that was a, a very good game plan against a very good team right and you know i don't care who your quarterback is you watch the the your sunday night football game and al michaels and chris collinsworth are talking about aaron Rodgers getting in a rhythm you know yeah. and if as a coach you can call it so your quarterback is gets in a rhythm he's bang, trusting his instincts, trusting his reads. And it's just like a, you know, a shooter in basketball who gets hot on the floor. Once they're hot, it's hard to slow them down. And he did an awesome job out there. Another thing that I think um, has gone a little bit unrecognized in the second half. I don't know if you felt it down on the sidelines with your sideline pass. It's kind of a big deal. <laughs> no, <laughs> we are professional, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but, uh, <ew. laughs> but, uh, it was the stash that really got him down on the field. He said, yeah. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't not let a reporter with a stash down on the field, would you? And he just kind of, you know, <laughs> caressed it a little bit. And they yeah. said, well, obviously you, you are professional. Here's your pass. <laughs> it's, um. Yeah. It really felt like Chase, something clicked mentally for him because his extra points and field goals, it just felt like all of a sudden he was back for some reason after those two blocks in the first half, which needs to get cleaned up, by the way. But 
he really felt like he got sharp that second half. So the first one was clearly blocked, and that was a long field goal. I mean, that's that's going to be a lower trajectory. Um, right. The second one was a little short. I mean, it was still a longer field goal, but it was shorter. Um, I didn't see – did that second one get blocked for sure? That was our feeling from the opposite end of the field. Okay. And I'm 100% certain pregame cocktails had nothing to do with it. <laughs> but we did feel like um, it did clip somebody's finger just from the trajectory of the ball from when, where we were lined up. Gotcha. Sitting, lined up. And we're lined up in the same spot every time. Hmm. But uh, we're never off sides. So hmm. uh, that was our feeling. It got tipped, but it might not yeah. have. I don't know. That's what I'm gonna say. It makes me feel better about it. <laughs> but like you said, it was it was good to see him bang one through from over 40 yards, and then the extra points looked really confident. Which yeah. you think? I mean, that's a you think it's a given, but this year it hasn't been. So it was good to see him get back to normal on those. Right, and I, it, if you you know you watch those kicks on the extra points before he wasn't just swinging through and crushing that ball through. It looked like he was trying to aim it. You know what I mean? The the yeah. The, he wasn't banging him up on top of the 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 Dana anymore. The the student yeah. athlete center yeah. banging him up over the net on the opposite end into the tubas, and it felt like he just let her fly, and it almost looked like a tuba caught the ball on one of his tubas <laughs> <laughs> on one of the extra points. So I guess that's probably what gives me the feeling like he's got it for something clicked, and he's just letting it fly out there, and it looked really good. And we're gonna need that when playoff time comes. So that makes me personally feel real good to see him just letting her fly out there and not overthink it. Yeah. And I mean, Stig said they're still going to have an open competition, which is, I think is good. I think it's good to keep right. the the pressure on him and not let him get comfortable and make sure, you know, make him, it's a, I don't know, kicking is a head game. Like either, either right. you want him to feel comfortable, like he's secure and he doesn't have to worry about it. Or you want him to feel like he's got to make every kick for his job. I don't, I don't know which one's better, but I like the latter. I like I like it to him. I like to have him feel like he needs to perform and just be prepared for every single kick. And because I I think he's the kid, the type of kid that will um, thrive under that pressure. Right, and you know he's a vanitary. They yeah, that's exactly what they, that's what they do. He's got the bloodlines to thrive in that situation. I'm gonna right. um, actually bring some powdered sugar, so throw it at him and make it be like snow you know, coming down on the field, maybe get him in his uncle's mindset against the Raiders or something. <laughs> Not like cocaine, it. you weirdos. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. That's, I mean, that was my thought. See, see who, who of us should really have gotten the sideline. <laughs> well, Jesus, after uh, you saw the campaign that South Dakota came out with today. Oh, so right. Fair uh, enough. Good Lord. I guess uh, yeah. we're just, we're all on drugs in South Dakota. If, if um, any SDSU grads were involved in that, <laughs> and that's something that we're taught, let's, let's, we shut, need to shut down. Everybody needs to go away. Everybody that's in the, I don't like advocating for people being fired, but everybody who taught <laughs> that person needs yeah. to be fired. And we start over, start from scratch. I don't care if it's a kid with a pencil and a crayon teaching them, but they probably wouldn't come up with that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, that was an interesting segue. 
Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the game. Yeah. Um, back to special teams. Shout out to Dinkle again. That kid is killing it. He's mm-hmm. putting teams in bad positions. And our defense, when our defense is good anyway, but if you put a team in a tough spot, our defense is going to take advantage of it done nine times out of ten. And so that's, you know, I think we mentioned, uh, God, I forget the kid's name, the NDSU punter that was really good a while back. LeCompte. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that kid, he was just, you know, like, I think you, I don't know if it was you that mentioned that he was uh, one of their huge keys to one of their championships just because he was yeah. just playing so well. Yeah. The year after he graduated, I did, I calculated the math and he was worth like 15 yards of field position every game. Yeah. Just Which because is, of how far he could launch it. And Dinkle is that the same caliber of weapon. Yeah. And that's why when we don't turn the ball over, it's so important because he just flips the field. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, based on the way we were, we were calling plays, I think it was clear that we wanted to make sure that we weren't going to turn the ball over. Um, yeah. And you're, you're not going to be able to do that all the time, but if you're in a game where you're, you know, it's either tied or you're up by a score, you have the luxury of doing that and relying on a defense, which is a, a good thing to do. when we've got probably a top three defense for sure. Right. And that's what I was saying, you know, to folks, we, I, I was talking, you know, you got people in the stands mad and, you know, people on Twitter mad and how, oh, why are we throwing it downfield? Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? Are that's the style of game we have to play right now. We don't have to play, but that's the style of game we want to play. Yeah. Where hang on the ball, control the ball, don't make any mistakes, let the defense carry you, you'll wear them out. And that's what happened. Ta-da, we didn't turn the ball over, we didn't make any mistakes, and we ended up crushing them because we wore them out on defense. And yeah. That- Newsflash. How many how many titles has NDSU won by doing the exact same thing? Right. That, yeah, exactly. Like if you're upset with this play style, you haven't paid attention in the last decade. You right. paid no attention to any of our soul crushing defeats, and we're just as drunk as I was during them. Even drunker because I at least remembered them. Because I don't <laughs> understand how you forget how soul-crushing that is when all of a sudden the second half hits and you start ripping off long runs, long runs, turnover, you're one-dimensional, trying to catch up. They're just gashing you on the run. That's exactly what we did. And yeah, that's, what they, we, that's what we've done most of our wins. Time and time again, they they trust their defense. They they punt it away, they trust their defense, and their defense gets stops or takes the ball away. Right. That's, what, that's what we're doing this year, and it's working. And that's how good this defense is this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, it really is how good this defense is. And they've done a great job at limiting the big play in the last couple of games. But I was having some genuflecting on my draft down from Fargo. And it was funny because I was like, man, I keep complaining about these big plays that are happening against us. You were genuflecting and, on while driving? Yes. Are you By myself. <laughs> you I don't have anything else to do. It's a three-hour drive through no. North Dakota. Do you know how boring that is? Genuflecting is when you like go down. <laughs> you is that to, like... not like reflecting on yourself as a person? No, no, yes, that's true. I think be. I think it's the wrong word. I think you're the wrong word. <laughs> Listen here, you must I will not... use words incorrectly as much as I damn well please. <laughs> <laughs> 
You must not be a good Catholic boy. I'm not, I, I, I'm I, not a Catholic. Well, there you go. Well, there's your first problem. I'm a Lutheran, so come I, I mean, I, I, we don't want to get into that, but <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah. I was reflecting anyway, on myself that, to get back to my story. I was reflecting back on myself as a person and things I have said in the past that don't matter. But, um, you know, I remember, hey, I keep complaining about these big plays, limiting big plays, da, 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 that's what's killing us. And then... It's like, wait a minute, we went to this aggressive defense and should know that we're going to get popped for a big play once in a while. They're just going to guess right. So I should probably stop complaining about that. And that's I, I just wanted to get that out there because it has didn't happen this week, and I was too sad last week to remember it. So I figured I got I had to get it off my chest, man. It, it has nothing to do with anything. I just had to get it off my chest. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, it's uh, it's different from the defense we used to play where it was bend, don't break, and, you know, right. let them get 10, 12 yards at a time, and they're probably going to get first downs, but once they get down to the red zone, it's going to get tight and it's going to get tough. In which right. we still we still have that when once it gets to the red zone, teams struggle against us. But mm-hmm. it's we get more stops on the, on the right side of the field and put our offense in better positions with the way that we call and play defense now, which right. I, per, personally, I like it better. I, there there's, there's, you can win both ways. Obviously we won a lot of games doing the other thing, but mm-hmm. stylistically I enjoy watching it better. So I'm, I'm glad we do it that way. Right. And I think the results this year are really showing themselves too, just in numbers of sacks, the points allowed this year and all that stuff. I think it's turned out awesome for us. No, I agree. And and that's a good point to bring up is like going into this year, I, I think people forget how unknown this year was. Right. Like we take it for granted that like once we played with Minnesota and then we started reeling off big wins and then it's like, oh, we're a top five team again. That's fun. Right. But it's like, like, oh, this is how the world works. We're just the top five team all the time. Yeah. But if you reflect back, it's like we didn't know if we were going to win, you know, seven eight games like we I, we didn't know i, I mean right. we just lost the best quarterback in the history of sdsu right that was and so that went out of our offense that was semi pass heavy really was the straw that stirred the drink and he was gone and yeah. we lost a lot of our defensive backfield and we've we've completely changed schemes on defense We've completely, I mean, for the mo- for the most part, changed schemes on offense, and we're still having the success we do. So, I mean, that's a huge credit to the coaches for coaching our players well, and it's a huge credit to the new players that have stepped in and just bought into everything and ran with it. So, I mean, I guess it's just kind of a nice reflection back on uh, on how – how nice of a surprise this has all been, I guess. Cause you know, when you lose both coordinators, you don't know how it's going to go. Right. And we knew we had players back on defense, but with our defense was okay, you know, in the last, you know, five years or so, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. it, we hadn't had a big time shut you down defense since probably when Danny back and, and Jimmy Rogers were roaming the field. Right. You know, so that was a big unknown. Like, how much better is this defense going to be? Are they going to have to carry the offense? And 
to be as far as we have gotten with the injuries we've sustained to some key positions, it's pretty phenomenal to look back that we just took the top four team and whooped them. Yeah. And we're in the driver's seat for a top eight seed, maybe Mm -hmm. top six or five, you know, we'll talk about that later, but yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. And it's, you know, you'd be, you'd be silly to say that, that you expected this to happen because there were just so many unknowns coming into the season. So we'll, uh, we'll <laughs> enjoy this ride while we're on it and hopefully it keeps going until into uh, January. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And speaking of rolling into January and trying to catch things and things of yeah. that nature, how did our picks go last week? Mine went extremely well. I went seven and one. You did okay. You went five and three. See, but, I'll take that. That's over five hundred. Yeah, but you were just—I mean, I feel like credit to myself. I—you were getting close, and I widened the gap back up. So I'm so, still—it's a four-pick spread at this point. And I'm feeling Herman good. And Weaver let me down big time. Like they, it wasn't close. Yeah, they—they they did. Um, you were way off on those games. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> Montana uh, took it to Weaver 35-16, uh, easily covered the four-and-a-half-point spread, and they are now in the driver's seat for a number three seed. And then Furman kind of um, failed and lost 24-7 to against Wofford when they were in the driver's seat, probably for an eight seed at least. And so, yeah, you were incorrect on both of those. Those two Which, teams, I've been wrong on every time this season, I'm pretty sure. So if we could not pick them for the rest of the year, I'd be pretty jazzed about that. Not pick Montana? Uh, uh, or, or Weber and Furman. I was going to say, if you if you don't want to pick Montana and Wofford, I got bad news for you later. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I helped pick those games. What am I doing? <laughs> so then the Missouri Valley games, um, Indiana State beat Youngstown State by seven. Um, you know, we kind of, we both knew that Youngstown State was probably folding it in for the season. And uh, they, we, they yeah. proved us right. Right. And then we've got Southern Illinois uh, kind of took it to Western Illinois like we thought they would. They won 45 to 21. NDSU took it to USD 49-14, covered their 27.5 point spread. Illinois State kind of had a letdown game after their big uh, win over us. Right. Which I feel like we should have seen coming in retrospect. Like that, I mean, that was a big game for them and it's probably a pretty right. physical game for them. So, you know, that it was a 21 point spread. I actually, going back, I was like, yeah, I picked Missouri State. And then I listened back to our picks and nope, I picked Illinois State. So, uh, that was your L. <laughs> yeah. Did we both pick Indiana or Illinois State? We did. Yep. I know. Yeah. I, I could have, look, looking back, I was like, yeah, that's a no brainer. That's a big spread, letdown game. But I wasn't thinking clearly that night, apparently, which will happen. How often and then, do we actually think clearly? Yeah, not very. Not and then SDSU clearly covered the six-point spread 
and won 38 to 7 as we all know so Booyah. which was awesome to see they haven't they haven't covered a spread like that all year actually or we haven't i guess we should say um we've been very close to our spreads um so that was nice to you know like we said it was a big game and they won it emphatically which I think will matter when it comes time um, for deciding, you know, what, what seed we get, you know, they, cause yes, it's a quality win, but it's how did we win that game? Um, and, you know, whether yeah. they'll, you know, if you, if we're comparing, you know, we'll, we'll compare to Illinois state later, but them winning a game against Missouri state who was only won one game this year and they only won by five points, you know, whether, whether that factors in or not, I'm not sure, but it's just, right. Not not as good of a look if you're trying to build a resume to get a high seed. Yeah, and uh, we'll get to, we'll, we'll we'll get to this discussion later because we yeah. both uh, believe fairly strongly one way or the other uh, <laughs> on that situation in particular. We were arguing about it earlier today, and I said, "Yeah, let's save it for the pod." So, <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, I have a job to do at work, so I couldn't be on my phone all day. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll happen. So- yeah, that's true. That's unfortunate. Darn I feel like... I guess Matt's got to hire us full-time just to do this. That's true. He's got to up our pay so we can just quit our day jobs. Right. That I, I, I'm i more than happy to do that for you, Matt. I will make that sacrifice in my life. Just for you. I, I would <clears throat> I would too. I'm willing. Oof. Appreciate that. All right. So, how do we still feel good about uh four or five MVFC playoff teams. I feel good about five, yes. Yeah. I I don't I don't think, you know, as long as Southern Illinois, I mean they have um they have NDSU this week, so they're probably not gonna get that last win, but I feel like they're firmly in, in my opinion. I sure hope they are. You know, it's going to make me really, really mad if they get left out and Kennesaw State gets put in instead of them. <laughs> I'll be madder in hell. That'll be just some garbage, straight garbage. And I sure hope the NCAA committee doesn't use the coach's poll because that was an absolute abortion of a dumpster fire. They have Kennesaw State ranked number nine. Monmouth, who has the same record in the same conference, who shellacked them, is number 12, and it got worse. So I'm not going to go too in-depth into that, but, yeah, that's a disaster. Yeah, I mean, um, for, for Southern Illinois, you know, they've got seven win, seven FCS wins already. Yep. And, and they have wins over a probable – uh, a, a good uh, UT Martin team, I believe, mm-hmm. who's looking like a playoff team themselves. Yeah. Plus, you know, some decent wins along the way, I guess, with how weak the bubble is. That's the thing. They don't have any uh, – UT Martin would be their quality win, quote-unquote. I don't even right. know if UT Martin was probably not ranked at that time. No. But if you start getting out of those bubble teams, most bubble teams don't have a top 25 win anyway. No, so so no. it's not it's not like that's a requirement by any means. I mean, minor minor spoiler alert, but when I put together a blank spreadsheet for a blind ranking of teams, 
for the top for the three through seven seeds for Ben to look at and make some decisions and prove my point for me. <laughs> the those teams, the three through seven seeds, had at most three wins against top twenty five competition, but that was only one team, and the rest of them only had two wins against top twenty five competition. So. Your right. playoff teams having wins like that are just going to be non-existent because the real reality is a lot of your top 25 teams, once you get past the top eight, well, top seven, have just disastrous wins to teams that are not going to be in the playoffs. Right. Like the vast majority of them. Yeah. And back to back to Southern Illinois, they I know you don't like good losses, but they're going to end up with losses to NDSU, Illinois State, South Dakota State, and SEMO. Right. Mm-hmm. Those top, those first three are seeded teams, likely, and SEMO is another pretty good team, so that will make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so their losses are all quote unquote quality. So yeah, I, I would think five is a a solid bet at this point. It's a decent possibility. It's going to depend on what happens mm-hmm. in the CAA and probably the SOCON to an extent as well in yep. my opinion, and we'll see. I mean, the OBCs, just nobody knows what's happening down there. All the top teams there could lose, and then they end up with one team in the playoffs for all we know. But, yeah. So then seed-wise, seed you know, we talked about last year, or last, last year, last week, about the possibility of there being four Missouri Valley seeds. I think we're on the same page here in terms of that not being so likely anymore. Yeah, that's pretty doubtful. I mean, you would need, like, I just don't see anybody. Honestly, I think everybody is a lock for a seed except for Illinois State and and ourselves. If we lose next week or Illinois State loses next week, I think we have a severe possibility of dropping out of the seeds and you and I takes our place. But... I don't see Montana dropping out or uh, Sac State dropping out. If they lose, they'll drop to a lower seed and they'll get leapfrogged by people. But I don't think they're going to get knocked out. We'll get into that a little deeper. But I really strongly feel that you're from number one through number six are per or number five, five are all pretty set in stone that they're going to be seeds. It's just how high seeds are they going to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, in my opinion, it's one through four. And I guess we can get into that now. Um, ass, assuming these teams win, these seven teams win, they will have a seed. Yes, for sure. And Every one the, of them will. Those teams are NDSU, JMU, Montana, Sac State, Weber State, Illinois State, and South Dakota State. Yes. Listed in no particular order. Stone so, Cold Lead Pipe Locks. If they win, they're in. NDSU loses, they're still a seed. AMU <clears throat> loses, they're still a seed. Um, Montana loses, they're probably still a seed. And that also brings Montana State into the conversation for the eighth seed. Um, Sac right. State loses, they might drop out. But they just got their starting quarterback back, who was the guy who was kind of carrying the team through and made them so darn good. So I I really don't see them losing. And Weber, um, losing two weeks in a row 
to end the season, that could drop him out of the season. I just think the people who would take their place have no real leg to stand on when you when you line them up with them resume wise. Yeah, no, I agree. You're put you and I over them when they have the same amount of losses, and Weber shellacked them. Yeah, well, and they're playing a three and eight Idaho State, so they right, and that's at home for Weber State. So I would assume they'll they'll take care of business there. Right. I mean, realistically, <clears throat> all your top seeds should win and go on to be our top seven seeds. Yep. No, I completely agree there. Um, which, interestingly enough, though, so Sac State, they have their game is against UC Davis, right? Right. Not the UC Davis is a real team that could. I was going to say, so they are only nine and a half point favorites in their game against UC Davis, right? Which so that that game gets interesting. If UC Davis pulls off that upset, you could maybe see Sac State fall out, maybe. Right, right. But it'll be interesting. So when it comes to ranking these teams that are in the top, we know NDSU is pretty much a lock at number one. We know JMU is pretty much a lock at number two. But when it goes teams three through seven, Ben and I were having a very spirited debate along with a couple other guys in some DMs on Twitter. And I'm... I've been very much of the opinion one way. Ben's been very much of the opinion for the other. Now, I want to just clarify your stance of what I was arguing against. Because it felt like initially we were arguing that Illinois State, you felt Illinois State would be would be seated below SDSU. And I felt that SDSU would be seated below Illinois State. But then it started to feel like some people were starting to argue that, well, Weber should be below us and we should maybe be reaching up to the five or the four spot even. So what is your firm stance on where SDSU should land compared to those teams? My firm stance is that SDSU versus Illinois State is a very – interesting conversation that well, can be had. a washy start. Holy crap. There's nothing firm about that at all. What are you running well, for office? Oh my God. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. So my, I, I'll, I'll take a stand here. I think that SDSU has a very good case in being seated above Illinois state. Okay. And- I, that's, that's of my opinion. And I think the way you were looking at it, uh, I did. I I called. I, I said that Brendan was being short-sighted and stubborn-headed, but I said he, he himself is not those things. It's not those things. You're being short-sighted and stubborn-headed. I'm not saying you are that. Yeah. But you're being that. Yeah. I I am stubborn. I don't know yeah. about short-sighted, but I am definitely stubborn. <laughs> Many people would but, probably tell you I am short-sighted, but. So the the premise of my argument is that you need to look at the whole resume. Like you can't right. just look, you can't just look at losses as or losses and wins as ones and zeros. You, you can't to it's, a point. Yeah, and I agree. I I wholeheartedly agree. Okay, and that's why I came up with Brendan's blind taste test of playoff seating. <laughs> so 
I gave Ben, uh, I, I made up a little spreadsheet. It had all the teams that are in contention for te- seeds three through seven. And that would be Sacramento State, Illinois State, Weber, SDSU, and Montana. And I hmm. gave him a blank test taste test. And they were not in that order on the spreadsheet. Ben. Well, and see, and I, I didn't know, I didn't know that, I didn't even know that they were the three through seven teams. Yeah, I just gave them blank resumes to see yeah. how he ranked them. Right? I thought I thought they could have been just random playoff teams or whatever. Right from years past. Oh but well, no, <laughs> it was not so. I assumed so it was this, this year. year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gave them their record versus the FCS, how many wins they had versus top twenty-five teams, and then how many teams they had versus top eight teams. I separated those apart. You'd have to add them together to get the total number of top twenty-five teams. Because yep. I didn't want it to be confusing where it's like, well, two of them and then one. Now we're doing subtra- subtraction. I'd rather add my brain slow so I do addition instead yeah. of subtraction. And, um, you know, because there's all like one number to subtract when you do all these. Um, <laughs> I put down how many good losses they had, which was kind of I was, pointless. I was surprised. Don't It's not pointless. Good losses is not pointless. Because everybody had – their losses were good losses in, in that they were good competition. Now, it well, would have made that, more sense to me have that in there if teams had bad losses, but none of these teams have a bad loss. Um, I gave them their strength of schedule by Massey. I gave them their average margin of victory, which I just excruciatingly finger-bleeding punched out myself on a calculator – that <laughs> um, I gave I gave them a general grade of their F of their performance in their FBS game or games, and then I gave them their rank by Massey. If you don't know what Massey is, it's a compa- it's a conglomeration of dozens uh, or about a dozen different ranking systems out there. Everybody from any given Saturday poll to the Sagarin ratings to the stats poll, coaches poll, and it basically finds the average of them. And then it does some wizardry and gives you a number that you should believe <laughs> that makes that makes sense. Now, Ben, knowing what teams I gave you yeah. that, that you had to rank, do mm-hmm. you feel better or worse about how you rank them in your blind taste test? I'm not real confident. Uh, well, I, I guess I, I told you that I'm, I'm confident in my top three, yep. and then four and four and five got a little sketchy. And he said um, four and five are super close, right? I did. Yeah, I said that they were. It, it was a tough. Um, it, it was a tough call for me between four and five. Okay. Now, added info. If let me let me see where you had them ranked. Okay. If four got beat by number five at home by two scores, would you flip the rankings? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> yes. So, let, all right, folks, I'm not happy. Before you take my laughter, I'm not anti. I'm wearing my Jack's hat. I promise. Swear to, you know, the holy touchdown Jesus and Jack the Rabbit. You better genuflect. Not. You better genuflect on it. I'm, I'm going to genuflect on it. <laughs> you betcha. Holy nutmeg. But um, I just felt from the resumes when you stacked them up, 
and they were pretty much dead even. And then you have the head-to-head win being at our house is going to be really hard for us to overcome, for us to jump Illinois State in the seeds. So, if everybody's ready for Ben's rankings in the blind taste test resume. (laughs) Which, this is bull that you put me through this, because you said you hate when people do this. I know, but (laughs) I'm not being put through it, and this is hysterical when we do it live. This is the best. So, um, for taking the number three seed, and I think this was a fairly easy decision to make, is Weber. So that's the that was Team D, the one I had ranked number one? That was Team D, the one you had ranked number one there, boss. Yeah, they so they were, were... seven and one. Oh, yeah, yeah. go ahead. You tell well, me. I was going to say, my, my reasoning was they were the only team that has three top 25 wins overall, you know, two top 25 and one top eight. Um, and their their Massey rankings high. They had a decent margin of victory, tough strength of schedule. So, yeah, I mean, I it, that was kind of a no-brainer. Yep. So your number four seed would be no go. Oh yeah, yeah. My next yeah, one down. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. your next one down because this isn't the rankings within the yep. the five teams I gave you. This is what their seeds would end up being. Your number four seed would be Montana. Okay, I'm all right with that. And this is where it gets messy because your number five seed was Sacramento State. Yeah. Uh, so, knowing that Sacramento State laid the wood to the Grizz, do you want to flip that? Yeah, that's an interesting conversation. Um, that's why I don't think – and I'm not necessarily trying to put you on the spot here. Yeah. I just think that when, when people listen to – hopefully listen to this and are mad at the selection committee for where people are seated, they understand where – like how hard this is. Oh yeah, it's it, it, extremely difficult. You know, the 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 2 and the 3, you know, I guess it would be um Montana and Montana and Sac State, yeah, before and 5. Um they have a very similar resumes in terms of um top 25 wins, top 8 wins. Both have one good loss. Massey rankings are very similar in terms of strength of the schedule and the overall ranking. Um, and then I guess the, let's see, the, which one, which one's number two now? I get confused. It's, I put Montana over Sac State, right? Yes. Yeah. And so their, their FCS record is nine and one. Yep. And Sac State's FCS record is seven and one. Yes. Which explain to people why that is. The reason for that is um, Sac State played a non-D1 opponent to start the year. I think they played an NAIA team. So that doesn't count towards your resume when it comes to the playoffs. And then they also played um, a FBS team. And that gets dropped off your record unless you win in the eyes of the committee. If you have a win against an FBS team, then... They'll go ahead and add it. It's like extra credit basically on your homework. But if you get it wrong, it doesn't ding your score out of 100. Same concept with your resume when it comes to the committee. So that gets dropped off your record as well. That's why they're at 7-1 and one instead of at, what is it? They'd be, 
they might have played they played two FBS teams. I'm sorry. That's why they're seven and one. Same with Weber. Weber and um Yeah, Sac they played State both played two FBS schools. Yeah. So that's why they're seven and one. Montana also played a FBS school. They played Oregon. That's why I've was off on my numbers there. So gotcha. those numbers get dropped off. Sac State and Weber both ended up playing non-D1s. Sac State really kind of scheduled themselves into a corner and came out smelling out like roses here after scheduling two FBS games and a non-counter. That means basically your entire out-of-conference schedule was worthless. Yeah. <laughs> like you get you get no points whatsoever. You might as you. Wasted everybody's time and made some checks. No, but they played pretty well in their um, in their FBS games, so can't knock them too hard for that. They're coming around as a program. Hopefully, we'll get to the point where they're not trying to be body bag games the whole out of conference. But that's why the schedule or their record is listed as such. Right, and so the yeah, so the thing is, I I I get it, like. Their two and three was, you know, Weber State and Montana were very hard to pick between. And, you know, I, yeah, I think you would, in that situation, you would probably look at that head to head and say, um, yeah, and say that, you know, Montana actually, or, yeah, Sacramento State took it to him pretty good, beat him 49 to 22. Granted, it was at home, but that's a pretty um, sizable margin of victory. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, okay, one issue that I have with your your good losses column is okay. that you classify so our loss to NDSU in your rank in your in the way you put these together. Mm-hmm. Is classified the same as Illinois State's loss to NDSU. Did they still lose? Right, but that's you're looking at it in ones and zeros. That's right, my but that's, if, that's you, my if point. you want to boil this down that far, though, if we're going to boil, but I think down I think point. you have to when the resumes are that similar. Okay, then we're going to get down to the way the team's built. Illinois State's a team that's more prone to getting blown out because their offense can't throw the ball, especially against a defense like NDSU. So once they're forced to throw the ball, that turns into a snowball that they can't stop. doesn't mean they're that much worse than NDSU necessarily. It means that their style of play was a bad matchup because we know football is all about matchups, especially when it's playoffs time. But if you want to get down to how teams are, I mean, I think that that we can all agree that even though Illinois State beat SDSU, SDSU is the better team. We can feel that way, but when you look at it, I mean, you you can't make these decisions off of emotions when it gets down to seeding teams. It's got to be what happened. Right, and but okay. I don't think you can discredit the head-to-head game where we lost by two scores because Illinois State had a bad game week, what was it, five? Week four or five? So seven weeks before they played us six or seven weeks before they played us but again okay going back to your your spreadsheet now sdsu's strength of schedule is 10th ranked illinois state's 27th ranked big difference you're gonna say that big difference there their massey composite rank sdsu is six illinois state's 11 yep clearly sdsu is the better team according to an unbiased system 
Right, but there's two it, things that sway that as well. Okay. Number one thing that swayed it is we played Minnesota in our FBS game. They played Northern Illinois. And okay. when you play teams like that, that that adversely is going to alter your strength of schedule. Okay. And but how do when you play? How do we do? NDSA how do we do against Minnesota? Plus, Illinois State played Western Illinois this year. We didn't. So it's yeah. going to drop their strength schedule even more. Playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, I know. But I feel like you have to take that into account. How how do we do against Minnesota very well? Yeah. How do the, how do they look against an average Northern Illinois team? Not that good. So I mean, I think that's another factor you have to take into account when looking at the resumes, because I think you you know you can hang your hat on that head to head. But if you look at the resume as a whole, that, that that's my whole point is that I think there's a good argument for SDSU over Illinois State. See, I'm not saying there's not an argument. I would say that the argument would be more valid had you and I not dropped their game to Weber and we're all sitting with the same record in Illinois and Northern Illinois or Northern Illinois. Northern Iowa is brought into this conversation. Now you've got a three tri three away trifecta where the head to heads really kind of cancel each other out because we beat Northern Iowa, Northern Iowa beat Illinois State, and then they beat us. Now we look at the rest. But when the majority of the resume is that close, and then you have the head-to-head at home that we lost in the manner we did. Now, do I feel we're the better team than Illinois State? Absolutely, I do. I feel like we would have done the same thing to them that we just did to Northern Iowa if we'd have just held on to the darn ball. But the fact of the matter is it didn't. We can't go off of that sort of thing if we're – when. I, I don't go off that sort of thing when I'm looking at seeds, and neither, I don't think the committee's going to either. And if they're going to look at that as well, they're probably going to go even deeper and go, oh, Pierre Strong just got hurt. They're on their fifth-string quarterback. How yeah. good is this team really going to do in the playoffs? And then there's going to be even more doubt clouding it. So it, at some point, I think you got to draw the line, and when there's something as clear as a head-to-head with the majority of the resume lining up fairly close like they do, mm-hmm. If, it'd be one thing if it was in Illinois State, then maybe we get the benefit of the doubt, road trip, whatever. But I don't think we're going to get that sort of benefit of the doubt. And that's why, honestly, I don't think SDSU fans should be surprised if we get a seven seed. But in the same token, when you go through this whole exhausting exercise where you end up talking yourself in circles, mm-hmm. especially if you're talking about it instead of typing it and then rereading what you said and going, oh, that was stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, you... Uh, it, at, at some point, they just got to make a decision. And I could see, especially in a committee, it, between the two of us, we have this much disagreement. Can you imagine mm-hmm. what's going to be like when there's, what is it, six or eight ADs in the room all arguing with each other? I wouldn't be surprised if somehow we end up with the four seed. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, that's how weird stuff happens when everything's this close. Is the and committee you- going to want all the big sky teams smushed together going, you know, uh, going the three, four, five seeds. Mm-hmm. Or are they going to want it to go big sky, big sky, MVFC, big sky? Like there's some politics in there. Let's be honest. There's some politics that happens there. Well, for sure. And I mean, yeah. while, you, while you're bringing up committee, you know, factors, one factor that past committees have shown is that whether right or, and I think mostly wrong, but your past performance definitely yep. comes into play. 
Yep. And we've been to two semifinals in a row now. Yep. And, and so I think, you know, with, I'm not saying that this should come into play, but I think it might. Right. And there's other things that come into play too. If it comes down to it and it's close between an us or a Montana, where do you think they're going to go? They go Montana who, with the yeah. most home games because our fans haven't showed up yet. We can show up and make that a harder decision, but right now it comes down to dollars and cents and the committee can say all they want, but if they call it a neck and neck heat and they see one's got is, is Montana and everybody and their brother knows Montana is going to bring 23,000 to the game. They're going to go with that because they got to make, they're going to make as much money as they can to cover the costs in this thing. So yeah, that's, that's the unfortunate reality. That's and, another factor. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be intense, man. And the thing is, I think the main point I want to get a I, I want to get across with this whole little segment isn't I'm right and you're wrong, ha ha ha, a little bit. But <laughs> but I don't. Did we ever that, decide who was right? I did. I did way back <laughs> when you did the rank. I did the rankings, and you said I'd probably flip them on the head and head. And I went ha. I went. That, that part, that's where I decided. I <laughs> neener, neener. All right. <laughs> Excuse me, goodness. But um, is I don't think anybody within this group outside of maybe Weber has much room to gripe if you're anywhere within that range of seatings. Mm-hmm. Well, and what's interesting, you know, between the me picking Weber as the number one for sure is that some people on the board, the AGS board, have Montana as the number one, you know, out of the big sky anyway. Right, so, and that happens because um, they just lost the Montana. Right, so recency you know, now bias. You're, now you're factoring that in recency bias. Who's playing right now? Who's playing better right now? I mean, that's a real thing. Oh, yeah. The community takes that into effect all the, into account all the time. You know, who's mm-hmm. the hot team? Who ended badly? Who... You know, everybody knows that losing your last three games and ending up on the bubble is not the place you want to be. Mm-hmm. So the same thing matters with seeds. If you're the team who's the hot team and has a, a similar resume and a head-to-head win, you're probably going to get the nod. So, yeah, I mean, we very well could end up being seeded over Illinois State. And kind of I think my biggest point about that is if the situations were flipped and we were Illinois State, or say we went to Illinois State and mm-hmm. we had just lost you and I. We go beat Illinois State. We've got the same record in the same conference. And then they got seated over us. People would shit a chicken. <laughs> Again, <laughs> they, there would be, they would. I, I agree. And I, I wouldn't blame them. I, I, again, I think that it, if the scripts are flipped, I would think that there'd be an argument. I, it's easy for me to say that now because I'm on this side, but right. I, I do think if if we had the same resume as Illinois State at this point, I would I would hopefully be reasonable enough to say that there's at least an argument for Illinois State over us if we were flipped. But right. who, and, who knows? 
with where things you know play out and how they tend to play out for us um i guess i tend to be more on the pessimistic side anyways with where we're going to be seated and how things are going to go ever since und got seated over us for no reason <laughs> yeah that was fun that you're in league champions <laughs> and all that stuff the undies can just stay up in grand forks for all i care <laughs> or that'd be great i would love to see them the the fuckers out of their dome so <laughs> Fighting hawkers is what I said, by the way. <laughs> God, we spent a lot of time on that. We did, but it was an interesting conversation. And the thing is, when the games end on Saturday, selection Sunday, right? Yeah, it's my second favorite part time of year. Yeah. So, I mean, this is our last pod before selection Sunday. So we, we had to discuss it. Right. We had to go deep. Yep. And let's go a little bit deeper and then we'll move on. Which side of the bracket do you want to be on? The NDSU side or the JMU slash whatever Big Sky team gets the number three seed side? Well, you and I have talked about this a bunch, whether it be on the boards on the internet or in person. Um, I'm 100% different than what your normal SDSU fan seems to think. I want to go to Fargo. I I desperately want to go to Fargo, actually, because odds are we'd want to meet him in Frisco. Well, the party would be great. I love partying with my buddies down in Fargo, and that'd be a great time. And rubbing their nose in it if we beat them in the championship game would be great. But this is a big but. Either way, it's going to be a home game for him. There's going to be... 18,000 screaming bison fans either place we go because they've already bought up half the tickets down to Frisco. Would you rather face the bison in their home environment where they're used to it in a home environment they're used to where we're used to it or a home environment that they're used to that we're not used to it? Because when you have the FCS championship game, you've got a two-week layoff beforehand that we've never done. They've done seven times now. You've got all the media hoopla that goes with it, all the travel plans, families getting down there, and on and on and on it goes that are all brand new experiences for us while it's old hat for them. Or we can go face them in a stadium we've won in before recently in an environment we've been in roughly 19,000 times in the last seven years. (laughs) Um, A crowd environment we're used to playing in and in a game where, quite frankly, getting used to playing and either the quarters or the semis are getting to be old half for us. I would rather we face them somewhere that we have steady ground under our legs and are ready to face them instead of having to go through and face them somewhere that we're not used to at all and having to deal with all of that on top of beating them at championship game, a place they've never lost at. No, I agree. Um, It'd make for a lot better pod if I disagreed with you here, but we're 100% on the same page. Every single point that you made is exactly the way that I think. Um, There's probably some people that are screaming at this right now saying, you idiots, we don't want to go to Fargo again. But I, you know, I, because of all the things you, yeah, because of all the things you just mentioned, I think we do. So uh, is it, is it about winning a national championship or is it about getting to the national championship is what it boils down to me. If you want to win the national championship, I think our best shot at beating them is in Fargo because we've done it there before. We just haven't done it in the playoffs. 
I don't want to be facing them on home turf we've never been on before. No, I agree, and that's a great point. If you're if you're just hoping we finally make a championship, then yeah, maybe we want to be on the other side because it might be an easier route. But I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think that's our goal. I think our goal is to win it, and a bonus to going up to Fargo and beating them would be that tickets would be available and cheap. <laughs> very cheap. cheap there would be fargo people just begging to get i mean some people would go down still i'm sure because it's it's still a cool experience but there'd be people that would, would be begging people to get rid of their tickets so and my life in fargo would be fun <laughs> another side benefit right I mean, not for really anybody else but for me oh my god it'd be just nirvana for like at least two months <laughs> so to for that to happen though we're gonna have to somehow get that four or five seed right and i or, you know yeah we'd have to get the four or five we're gonna get uh, eight yeah we're not falling to the eight so knowing that it, you know i think we've uh, through our our discussion we had there the six and seven is probably the most likely slot for us right unless the committee does something and factors in stuff like we talked about like recent performance and all that um yeah so it's it's not out of the realm of possibility for us to go four or five and it would it would be on the committee's you know just like the committee's always done to send us to fargo and that would be the narrative like oh god we're getting sent to fargo again yeah they're doing it on purpose yeah it's just uh yeah they wanted a they wanted a bus trip and they're not supposed to take that into account but you know i Again, I, I think it would be to our benefit. So I'm hoping it does happen. Well, and guess what? I don't know if if you're an SDSU fan, you haven't noticed. NDSU fans get as upset, if not more upset, about us getting sent to Fargo. And it's not because they don't like beating us in Fargo. It's because they recognize that of all the teams out there that can knock them off, there's in Fargo, there's like two. Yep. Jam you and us. Yep. Those are the only people that make them worried about playing them. And they know that if we're coming up for the game, yeah, they're confident and arrogant, but they're always confident and arrogant. But deep down inside, they know that they, A, they don't ever want it to happen against us. They don't want to know that feeling. And I want them to feel that feeling so bad. (laughs) And B, they know we're capable of it. And that's part of the reason they do not want us going through Fargo anymore. No doubt. I mean, you know, from a, from a confidence standpoint for them, you know, what do you think is better for them? A team that's never beat them in the Fargo dome or a team that's done it before and has played them in the, in the playoffs in the Fargo many times, you know, I think, yeah, it's clear that they do not want us coming up there. So, you know, I think that's another indication that it would be a good thing if we went up there. And is the only other team that's shown a pulse against them all year. Right. Yeah. You know, they want they want new teams in the Fargo Dome, not just so they can see new teams, but because they know those new teams get shell-shocked by the noise. Oh, yeah. They don't want somebody who comes in there and goes, guess it's Tuesday, you know? <laughs> you know? They, they don't want somebody who knows that the, shell, the mall special is already going on and is distracted <laughs> by it because it's a shopping mall. Exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, that's where I sit with it. And, no. and and the other underrated thing, I think, you know, if you get the the five seed, 
you've got a lot better chance of hosting two home games because I don't think we get the four seed. But if we get the five seed, we've got a better chance of hosting two home games with the four seed being on your side as opposed to being, you know, the number six seed and hoping that the number two or the number three seed loses. They're probably not going to lose in the in the first round in the quarters, you know, or the yeah quarters, you'll be on the road. So yeah. that's the other part that's kind of underrated. Cause if you are on the other side of the bracket, odds are the way it sits right now, you're either going through Weber or Montana. And we all know how much we enjoy Montana. And then we're going to James Madison and another place that we have lovely memories. Although this could be the year JMU pees all over themselves again. So <laughs> That'd yeah. be okay. I won't be mad about that. And so that's the interesting part is that if we don't get on the NDSU side and we end up on what could end up being the JMU Montana side, is that the narratives will be, you know, there, you know, tenfold. Right. And you know, it we it'd be revenge either way if we go beat try to beat Montana in Montana or JMU at JMU. So that those will be, you know those would be fun to go after too. But like we said, I think our, our best case would be the four or five seed without I mean, a doubt. What, if I gave you the option, you get to play at home at Fargo and then play at, cause that gets us through the quarters, right? At home at Fargo. And then you play at say, no, you'd play, you play at home twice. Well, you could if you're the four seed, you play at home twice. Right. Say we're the five seed, and we play. If you're the yeah, at home, at Sac State, right, and then at Fargo, the national yeah. championship in a neutral game against Weber, or you play at home, at Montana, at JMU, and then Fargo at their southern home. Exactly. You're not adding an easier game there. You're right. adding another hard game. Exactly. So hopefully the fans that were just screaming at us a little bit ago about how we wanted to go to Fargo, hopefully we've talked to you off the ledge and made you realize that the four or five seed is the way to go for us this year. Or at least understand where we're coming from. I mean, you can not, you can still not want to go to Fargo. I just think you're wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's short-sighted and stubborn-headed. <laughs> that's, my, that's my name. Don't wear it out. There you go. All right. I think we've beat the seed conversation to death um well let's let's go ahead and mention the possible eight seeds um montana state if they beat um well i guess even if they don't would they have to win to get that eight seed montana state i i think they have to win sam herder is going to be coming out with an article about it uh, tomorrow about the eight seed or the the walkers just what could happen with the brawl of the wild and what it could mean for seeding and so montana state is going to be factored heavily into that gotcha. um and i mean if montana state wins we could easily see four big sky seeded teams um we'll see how that plays out villanova is a dark horse i think for getting that seed for the caa just for political reasons and i guess somebody's got to get the eight seed <laughs> <laughs> Central Connecticut State's undefeated out of the NEC. I could see that being another one where they kind of throw them a bone. I mean, it worked out with them giving a seed to Colgate, but I think Colgate was a lot better than Central Connecticut State is this year. Um, Monmouth, I could see maybe getting a seed for 
playing Montana tough until about midway through the third quarter and then laying the wood to Kennesaw. Um, who who Kennesaw, if you look at the coaches' polls in the top ten. Which is just <laughs> disgusting. God, we, they're <laughs> dumpster fire wrapped in burning hair. That's what that poll is. <laughs> That's that's all I got on that poll. That's otherwise I'll go for hours. <laughs> um, Wofford might sneak in out of the SoCon after laying the wood to Furman. They'd be the auto bid and win that conference outright. And I could see them possibly sneaking in as the uh, eighth seed. And if things get real crazy, like Montana blows the doors off of you know, Montana State, Villanova chokes, uh, Monmouth stubs their toe, Wofford loses, <laughs> and all that's left is Central Connecticut State and you and I, they might be able to sneak in there as well. It's an outside chance. They probably need some help, but that's my personal feeling. I think it'd be kind of cool if they did, but I also got a bad feeling there'd be a lot of MVFC teams on one side of the bracket. Right. So as much as I want to go to Fargo, I don't necessarily want to face you and I. NDSU, Illinois State, then championship game. <laughs> right. So then teams that that uh, Jacks fans need to root for to help our playoff seed chances would be Montana State to beat Montana because I feel like that would drop Montana below us and I don't think Montana State would jump us. Right. Um, Idaho State to beat Weber State. Yep. That would be to drop Weber State below us, and Idaho State is not even going to make the playoffs, which that one's probably the least likely to happen. So um, one that's more likely to happen that we mentioned earlier, UC Davis could beat Sac State, which would drop Sac State below us. Right. And then let's see here. Any others? Oh, yeah, Youngstown State could somehow beat Illinois State, and then obviously Illinois State would drop below us. So. So if Youngstown State wins the last half hour conversation, null and void. Wasted everybody's time. I want yeah. you to know how much time of your life we just wasted if Youngstown State pulls one out of their ass. That'd be Which, incredible. We'll talk about it shortly, but for some reason Vegas thinks that that is uh highly plausible. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think those are the teams you need to root, that we would need to root for. Um, obviously, they're the teams that play the teams ahead of us. Um, we didn't mention who NDSU and JMU plays because if they lost, they probably would still stay ahead of us. So it doesn't really matter in terms of our seed seed um, chances. So bingo. Yep. Well, I think that about wraps up the seed talk. Let's get into this week's picks where you need to make up some ground again. So we'll we'll fully abide by the rule of me picking first Mm -hmm. so that you have the advantage because that's what it was last week. You cheated. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dirty (laughs) cheater. (laughs) That's true. You hear that folks? He cheated right after he made the rule. It didn't take him 15 minutes to cheat. That's true. Not gonna deny it. Let's start <laughs> off with the uh, the Montana Montana State game, which we just talked about needing Montana State to win that game so to help our seed scenario. Montana State is a five point dog at home. I 
believe that Montana is playing well enough that um, it will be a tough game. It'll be a close game. I think that Montana wins against Montana State. I don't think that Montana State has the offense to keep up with Montana. And I think that they will cover that five-point spread. Uh, If this was the opening week of the playoffs and I was down by four games, I would be contrarian just to try to make up ground. But just the way Montana State plays, they're a little bit like Weber light. They just don't have quite as good of an offense. So I feel like it would be a similar game. It is a huge rivalry, so weird stuff happens. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's right up there with the marker game. But um, I'm going to take Montana. It's not right up there with SDSU USD? If there's a corporate sponsor in the name, (laughs) it's not a big rivalry. I agree. All right. (laughs) We're both on uh, Montana there. And then we got Wofford and (laughs) Citadel. Um, this game, you know, if, if Citadel beats Wofford, it doesn't really do anything in terms of our seeding because uh, I mean, it could, if somehow Wofford would win big and then the committee would see Wofford's resume better than ours. And we ended up getting the eight and they get the seven. I just don't see that happening, but Citadel is a six and a half point dog at home. I'm going to go with Wofford taking care of business. I mentioned last week how Wofford plays well at the end of the season. I'm going to take that and run with it because they whooped Furman, and I think they looked pretty good. So I'll take Wofford minus six and a half. I am inclined to take your advice on Wofford playing well at the end of the season, but not so fast, my friend. <laughs> oh, The Citadel is the you're, other team that knocked off Furman. You're going to get a letter in the mail from Lee Corso if you, if you do that. Lee, send me a letter. I want to frame that. Oh, my God, that'd be hysterical. <laughs> that would make the pod for sure. Don't worry, I'm not putting on a mascot head yet. But um, I think Wofford wins the game. But uh, with the style of play both these teams play, I'm going to take the points with Citadel. All right. Maybe you gain a point there. Maybe you uh, keep falling further down into the doldrums of picks. We'll we'll see. The abyss. (laughs) All right. Then we go to the the Missouri Valley slate. Uh, Just a garbage game to kick it off. We've got Indiana State going to Missouri State, who is a a three-and-a-half-point dog at home. Missouri State showed some fight in them last week, uh, keeping it close against Illinois State. But I like Indiana State here. I don't like three and a half, but I it just Missouri State's only got one win on the year. There's no way that they pull it off here. So I'm, I'm going to go Indiana State. Give me the trees. They're going to lay the wood on them. There you go. waiting all day to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So then we've got Western Illinois, another dumpster fire of a team. Uh, they've got one win this year. Uh, we won't mention who that's against. Yeah, that would be unfortunate if you were the team. Could you imagine being the team that lost to Western Illinois? Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Mega oof. Here's... We're not supposed to do this. Kyle said. <laughs> oh, shoot. No. Oh, yeah. Kyle's going to yell at you. <laughs> this is gonna, Kyle's going to yell at you. <laughs> we didn't mention. Here's the deal. They're. 
their fan is not listening to this game. This podcast, that's true. This podcast, yeah, there's no way. Their fan is angrily <laughs> pounding on the keyboard somewhere. <laughs> He's going to uh, run straight to the locker room and post the transcript. This is get, the transcript <laughs> is getting print as, printed as we speak, <laughs> and we haven't even posted this yet. <laughs> Anyway, it's coming through a fax machine in the Dakota dump right now. Yeah, it's an old school fax machine. Can you believe what the B team said about us? Let's just say the B team is talking smack <laughs> about the South Dakota Kyle's football program. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyle. We we don't mean to make fun, but we broke the rule. We you broke. We, we had one job. Yeah, we, we broke your rule, and we just had to make fun of ourselves about it. This is why we can't have nice things. All right. West Illinois goes to Northern Iowa, who will try to make a seed resume, but I think it's a lost cause at this point. Um, are they in danger? If they would happen to lose this game, are they in danger of not making the playoffs? I think they put themselves on the bubble, but they probably still make it. I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. No, I th- I think they would. They're... Stop putting question marks on the outline. <laughs> 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 their uh, their losses outside of of that one would look pretty good, and they've got a win against Illinois State. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they they're firmly in, even if they lose here. Which probably shouldn't happen. I'm going to take you and I covering the 23 points. It's a pretty big spread, but it's a home game. It'll be senior day for them. Western Illinois has packed it in for the season. You and I wins big. I'm inclined to disagree with you. I think you and I does what they did against Indiana State. They get a lead, and then they just shut it down and coast the rest of the game out. So I will go ahead and take the um, Leathernecks. Give me them dogs. That's not a bad – can I change my pick? No, too late. You (laughs) said it. (laughs) Man, I just – I got to gain points anyway. I can't. Good Lord. I just look back at their wins, and they haven't – yeah, oh, man. Our win against them – it's it's they can't people can't take our quality win away. <laughs> it's not as quality as it felt though, huh? It isn't. Who other than Illinois State is their big win? Or, or is there any even close to a quality win? They don't uh, have one. They have a good loss at at Iowa State. Yeah, I guess I know you're the champion of good losses. I am. I am. That's my. <laughs> That's where riding in on his saddle with his <laughs> shield of good losses, defending the virtue of Valley teams. I will die on the good loss hill. <laughs> anyway, my what I was gonna say is their you can wins. You pick if you want their wins. Uh, they beat Idaho State, who is not good by seven. Youngstown oh. State by seven, not good. They did beat. USD by 25, and they are – no, not even 25. They beat them by 15. And Missouri State, only 23. Indiana State, only 8. So they don't have a great record of 
covering big spreads, but I'm not going to go back on my pick. I will stick with you and I minus 23. All right. All right. We've talked about that game enough. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. NDSU, um, number one in the poll, obviously, goes to number 22 in the poll, Southern Illinois, who is a 19-point dog at home. I think I'll take Southern Illinois in the points in this one. Um, I just don't think that NDSU has a whole lot to play for at this point. And Southern Illinois um, wants to probably wants to make sure that they get them playoffs. I'm going to take Southern Illinois plus 19. I think I don't feel um, great about it, but I'm doing it. Southern Illinois got a lot. They're a desperate team and they've been playing real well. They've started playing real well about when we got done playing them, maybe a little after. And uh, they've been doing well. I have a hard time taking them at 19, though, because NDSU has just slaughtered people all year. Um, it, it's a tough spread, but it's it's almost one of those where they're like, you know, Vegas is like, yeah, go ahead and pick NDSU ni- minus 19 and see how that works out for you. Yeah, I'll take NDSU because that way, no matter how the game turns out, I win. Fel- oh, yeah, now we're all right. You <laughs> fell, fell right into Vegas's trap. I did. Those scoundrels building casinos <laughs> off of my back. Speaking of traps, this is the biggest trap I've ever seen in my life. Illinois State, ranked number seven, and will have a top eight seed goes to Youngstown State, who has folded it in for the season, it looks like, completely given up on Pelini. You would think this spread, if I had to set this line blind, I would have put it in the 10 to 12 range, Illinois State being a favorite, obviously. This spread is 3.5. Youngstown State is only a a 3.5 point underdog, having nothing to play for. They have no motivation. Right, I. I mean, it would it'd be one thing if they like had a coach they wanted to hold on to, but I don't know that they want to hold on to Pelini at this point. Well, Bo's not going anywhere because he just signed a three year extension, so they're not going to be playing for their coach. Um, but just with how Illinois State's offense is prone to getting shut down by. And by teams they shouldn't get shut down by, and the talent Youngstown State does have, they very well could come out and make this a close game or win. But I'm gonna go with Illinois State, even though I've talked myself into Youngstown State possibly winning this game. I don't like it, but I'll take the Deadbirds, Redbirds, and mm-hmm. uh, see. <laughs> I, I, I'll take them, I guess. I agree. I, I think minus three. I think it's. I think this spread is a knee-jerk reaction to how they played last week against right. Missouri against a bad Missouri State team. Um, what was that spread? That was Illinois State minus twenty-one, and the only one by five points. So and they do have everything to play for here. Exactly, and that's it's a motivation thing. Like they and we've seen SDSU. Went to Western Illinois with plenty of motivation. Western Illinois, I don't believe, had any motivation. I can't remember if they were playing for a playoff spot or not. I don't remember. But we shit the bed against them when we had all the motivation in the world. So that it's not was a 
It, that, it, yeah. that was a super weird situation. It was with Travel, the blizzard. And they were, yeah. We were asking them to move the game of the time, the time of the game back because we got <laughs> there so late and they said no. And it well, that was yeah. a disaster. Right. Start to finish. We should have left two days earlier, but no, I agree. My point is it's not unprecedented for a team with a lot of motivation to not perform well. Right. However, I think we're both on the same side here. Illinois state covers three and a half. And I think fairly easily, um, I'm finna lose a lot of money in that game. I'll just tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that goes. You said it like you're so gangster. It's the whitest match <laughs> ever. Oh my god. Oh yeah. I feel like my my mustache has been talked about enough. I need I need to post a picture of it. Yeah. It's get it's all it's we gotta get this to like the Brock's backstash level famous <laughs> here. It's pretty awesome. I don't think it's gonna get that thick, but we I might. I might uh, just when we tweet out the the link to this podcast, I might just retweet it with my just my mustache as the comment. <laughs> yes, you got to do that. And um, you know, you basically are signed up to not shaving that until the season's over, right? I did not sign up for that. I I don't know where that came from. That that's it's luck. We lost the first game I had it. Yeah, you got all the bad luck out of it. <laughs> Jesus. That's some Don't you know how superstitions work? That's some twisted logic there. <laughs> Whatever way that fits the narrative at the time. Yeah. Whatever fits your narrative. That's all right. right. Let's move on from that game. The uh, we just picked the Brock's back game. We had to talk about the stash. Yeah. All right. Now we move on to the game of the week. We go down to oh yeah, I have this listed as home team. We're definitely not the home team in this one. We're going down to the under construction dome where there will only be five thousand people there. There will right. be no one on our side of the field because it's all under construction. Yep. And we are 13-point favorites, which I kind of expected us to be a little bit higher favorites. Um, so as far as the spread goes, I'll give my prediction a little bit later, but I am going to take us to cover the spread here. See, it's, I don't know what the historical spreads are. I think this is pretty down there. pretty on par, actually. I think you know. I think we're usually around the two touchdown favorite. Okay. Well, we have had plenty of games down there, especially recently, that have been closer than they maybe should have been. Um, and we've even had a decently close game up here. They want nothing more than to ruin our season and knock us out of a seed and make us go on the road to Lord knows where and <laughs> the, right away. That That's their dream. Uh, we need to come out of this game focused, sharp, and ready to go. I have no doubt the boys are going to be ready. I think they that we now have kind of a back-against-the-wall mentality after that Illinois State game. At least I hope we do. We desperately need that buy to get some guys healthy. CJ, Pierre, um, the list goes on. We need to get some guys healthy in that bye week after going through the whole Valley schedule with no buy like usual. That bye week's huge for getting us healthy. And, 
either we're going to come out and jump on them and they might fold or we're going to come out and let them score a couple touchdowns and we're going to be in a dog fight the whole game because their offense is very capable of putting up points. We don't want to give them a second's thought that they're going to be in this game or they're going to be trouble all game. That's my biggest fear is in any game like this that you come out and give the other team hope. We got to come out and get touchdowns right away. Otherwise, it's going to be a game well into the fourth quarter. That's my personal opinion, so I hate this line. So I'm going to let you pick first. I did. Because them's the rules. You did. You took us? Yep, STSU to cover. Um. I I have enough confidence in our defense that we should be able to cover this, and I have no confidence in their defense. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Jacks in this game, I suppose. Man, I would hope so. I mean, I, we talk. We should. About, it's a rivalry we, game, though. You, yeah, stuff happens, man. I know it does. But we talked about their embarrassing loss to Western Illinois earlier. Mm-hmm. I do not want to come on this podcast next week and have to eat crow about losing to the team that lost to that gave Western Illinois their only win of the year. Right. Do not that want that be, to happen. That would be a, that'd be a disappoint. That'd be a Wednesday podcast. <laughs> Cause yeah. I'd be so mad. <laughs> we definitely would need some time to cool down after that one. Yep. So, I mean, the, but the problem is that, you know, these games where we're like, man, we should win this game. Like, it's not that big of a problem. Yeah. Especially, you know, you factor in the um, the rivalry. We had a big game against UNI. You're worried about a letdown game after that. You know, you worry about us looking ahead, trying to figure out what seed we're going to get. You know, there's plenty of reasons to be skeptical about this game. Having said all that, I think this, the team that we have is built to not have letdown games because of our defense. Right. I think that that is a strength of our team. And the while I think you can say that USD's offense is probably the strength of their team, mm-hmm. it's not that great of a strength. So I, right. I'll take our defense against their offense any day, and I'll definitely take our offense against their defense any day. So I think that we win by... 20 to 24 i'm thinking like i'll go 34 to 10 is my my prediction i mean that's gonna be it's gonna be a weird environment down there i think it's strange enough to play in a stadium that's half under construction but a dome you know our guys are gonna probably be walking into the field through some construction there's gonna be some janky ways around it and there's gonna be all sorts of weird little things that probably shouldn't happen that are going to be in there that kind of throw off your general game day flow. And it's, I mean, you know, with a, with a dome halfway under construction, it's almost going to feel like, you know, those NBA street games when they're playing in like a construction zone and yeah. stuff like that. It's going to be kind of, I feel like it's got to have a similar sort of feel. You know, their fans are going to be into it. At the jump, we got to ride that first wave of emotion that they're going to for sure have. If we ride that and hold them down through that, we should be fine. I think I agree with you. I'm thinking 35 to 
10 is what I'm going to go with. That ain't no guess. Blair Mulholland ends up with 100 yards rushing in the second half. It would be interesting to see him. Uh, one thing we didn't mention, you know, you mentioned Devin Blakely earlier. Um, he's only got two games under his belt. Right. And we would ideally like to keep his red shirt. So we need to keep him four games or less. And depending on the severity of Pierre Strong's injury, we may need Blakely in the playoffs. Right. So ideally, I think that we wouldn't need Blakely in this game, which like you said, lends to Blair Mulholland playing, which I'm excited about. I mean, I, I think he's got plenty of potential and I think if he, yeah, if he gets a chance to tote the rock, I think he'll do great. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's a, that's an interesting uh, plot line to watch is, is what, what happens with the running back situation? Because I think, I think we're pretty sure CJ Wilson isn't going to play this week. I don't know if that's been officially announced, but it, it, they hadn't been, Real optimistic about it anyway. Right. And then, you know, based on Pierre Strong's injury, I would, even if he's cleared, I don't think we'd play it. No, I don't think so. I think uh, you use him if you have to use him in in a game that has the potential to be as chippy as this one sometimes gets. I think we're going to want to not risk anything we don't have to. Yeah. Ideally, we can be up by plenty of points and we can get all of our important players off the field early enough and we can start our start our rest early and uh, head into Thanksgiving weekend without having to worry about playing a game. I have one guarantee to make about this game. Are you you better not be giving them more bulletin board material? No. Okay. Maybe. Maybe I am. <laughs> what do you do about it? You, I, I mean, I do have the power to edit this. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'll unedit it. What about it? I do the final edit. I can put myself in here. True. So, um, no, I guarantee by halftime, SDSU fans are mad about four different calls in different situations, including timeouts, run plays, or a swing pass. And, <laughs> oh, I did. Uh, I did and see. We a... are mad about some uh, officials' calls. I did see a swing pass last game, and I almost, I almost lost it. So, yeah. See, uh, let's not. Let's not. On my guarantee. And how well did those swing passes work? I don't think very well. well. I know I know the one that I saw and I was angry about did not work well. Did, did we win? That's not the point, sir. It must work pretty well. Not the point, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's anyway. a setup for later in the year. Uh, let's hope so. Hey, how many people saw the setup from the Wild Jack turning into the toss back past the Heidi? That was not great. This guy. No. Not I, this guy. I but, didn't see that coming. That's what I've wanted all year out of it, though, because the Wild Jack is way too predictable. Right. And at least showing that trick play out of it, teams will have to respect that, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And so that was, yeah, that was awesome to see and awesome to see it work well because, you know, if you don't have stuff like that and your your Wild Jack formation is just, well, we're lining up, we're going to run the ball at you, I just don't think it's an advantage to have that extra blocker. So. 
And kudos to Heidi for hitting that throw. It's pretty easy for a quarterback, especially young, yeah. to get overjuiced in that situation and just mm-hmm. airmail the heck out of that thing. Yep. So, kudos on that play. And and I don't think we've talked about him enough. Kate Johnson's just been getting his. We probably no what situation he's been faced with. Yeah, we probably waited too long to talk about him because it, we might we're an hour and a half into this thing. <laughs> Everybody's turned right. the pot off, so Kyle won't even be listening. Let's do some. Let's smack talk. Let's do it. <laughs> Kyle's tuned There's, out. He's not listening right now. That would and be Matt won't tell him what we said. Uh, yeah, Matt's gonna listen and make make sure we didn't say anything stupid. I'll guarantee you that he's gonna tattle. He's gonna <laughs> tell us. But no, hey Dallas, maybe Dallas can put this into the intro. Mm-hmm. Kay Johnson, yes, we have not talked about him enough. He is an unsung hero because we just expect so much from him, and he just keeps delivering. But yes, he's right. dynamic. He's one of the most dynamic players in all of FCS football, and it's just amazing to have him on our team and amazing that we're going to have him. He's only a junior. I have him for another year, and he is just a, an absolute weapon out there. So, yeah, it's it's so fun to watch him play. And it was fun to see him go up and get a ball. You know, he's not known for that, but he clearly showed that he can do that. And so that was cool to see him bring that, show that skill set as well. So, yeah, big, big shout out to Cade Johnson for sure. Cade, we'll talk about you more next week, I promise, if you're listening. Hopefully there'll be plenty of opportunities to talk about how awesome he is in the playoffs. Right, yep, and the playoffs. So. So... With that, I think we better wrap this thing up. Go big, go blue. Go Go Jacks. This has been the B-Team Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe, as well as follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. Don't have your hopes too high. We're going to give her our A effort, but we are the B-Team. Average that out. I'm not sure on the math words. You throw letters in with math, and I don't like it. Now here's Ben and Brandon. Brandon. Brennan. Now, here's Ben and Brendan. Here's Bren. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan. Brendan, Brendan. <laughs>